0: So, we have about 13 minutes for us to hear a little bit about the Christmas story. So, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Tracy Martin, and our pastors asked if I would bring the message as they are overcoming some sickness in their home, and I am just honored to do that today, and uh, grateful that we serve a God that is able to do all things, right? Amen? So... I want to just put a little bit of this storytelling with you but I want you to think about this question where are you where are each one of you sitting in the chairs not physically present like obviously we're here in this church where are you in your mind today where are you in your heart today where are you in your emotions your soul where are you in your spirit today And I want you to think about that and see if you can find your place, find yourself in the characters of the Christmas story. So I'm going to highlight. We don't have time to read through everything. This is actually the Christmas story. I encourage you guys to go to Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. Those are the two gospels that go through the storyline. And actually to, to piece together the timeline, you've got to read them both. Because they each share a different perspective, a little different flavor of what's going on. And so I encourage you to do that. And now, as we're thinking about this, I want you to have you found your peace? Pastors have been preaching about, teaching us about peace. Have you found your peace in everything you do? I have not. Honestly, I have not yet. I have a lot of work to do to find my peace in everything that I do. There are times I get upset or times I get anxious, and I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit like, hold on. If you lay this at my feet, if you'd surrender that to me, you can still walk in my peace. Even though those circumstances haven't changed yet, they will. So, have you been able to find peace in everything you're doing? And then my third question to get you thinking about the story is, are you ready to do what God is asking you to do? Because it's one thing to have peace in what we're going through in our daily job or our families. It's another thing to have peace in what God is asking or calling you to do next. I don't know about you. God's never asking you to do something that's just really simple for you, right? Just easy to do. God's going to ask us to do something that's usually outside of our comfort zone, a little bit. But he promises to be with us. So are you ready to do whatever God is asking you to do? I want you to think about those things. So coming back to the timeline of the miraculous Christmas story. Miraculous because there are so many miracles that took place in this story. I want to highlight some of those with you guys. It began 800 years before Jesus was actually born. The prophet Micah was moved by the Holy Spirit and he prophesied in Micah 5:2, says, O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And another prophet, also 800 years before Christ, roughly, okay, roughly 800 years, was from the prophet. Isaiah, who was speaking to King Ahaz of Judah at the time, and they were surrounded by enemies. They had a lot going on, and King Ahaz was fearful for his kingdom falling. And Isaiah came to him and said, hold on. God has a prophecy for you, and God wants to give you a sign, make it as difficult as you want. So in those times with prophets, a sign was something to confirm that it was God speaking, Isaiah was like, ask anything. And King Ahaz was like, I am not about to ask God for anything. I would never test God that way. So he had a reverent heart. He was still being humble about this, but didn't know really what to do. So Isaiah said, okay. And we pick it up, Isaiah seven fourteen. He says, all right, then, the Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. By the time this child is old enough to eat curds and honey, so that's like for all of us when you get to stage two foods, okay, and Gerber foods. and th- Okay, when, you, when he's old enough to get to curds and honey, he will know enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong. I'm t- That's a miracle right there as well. But Isaiah prophesied, look, if you want to sign to confirm that God is not going to let the lineage of Judah die. We are going to have the Messiah come from this virgin. How is that even possible? Because of God, it's possible, right? So he's speaking the prophecy. This was over 800 years before it took place. So now I'm going to walk through some of the storylines with the story of Christ being born. And so in Luke chapters one and Matthews chapter one, there may not be scripture for all of these, but the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah. Zechariah was one of the priests serving in the temple in Jerusalem. And so Zechariah was old in age, and his wife had been barren all these years. They did not. They both actually were from priesthood um, priestly lines his wife and himself, Elizabeth, and Zechariah. And so the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah while he's serving in the temple, and he was by himself. And this was when Gabriel was presented himself, revealed himself to Zechariah. And he said that he would have a son, and he would name him John. He was going to make way for the coming of the Lord. Zechariah questions the angel How can I know this will happen? He's asking for a sign, right? How can I know this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years, because he can't imagine how it would be possible. You see, he's questioning what the angel is saying, and he wants confirmation, but this is different. This sign is out of doubt. This sign, this question is out of how can this be possible? There's almost like sarcasm in this. Okay, And so because of that, I'm paraphrasing for some time here. The angel Gabriel said, because of your doubt, because I will not allow your words to keep this prophecy from happening. You know, our words are powerful. Right. If we speak doubt, guess what's going to take over? Doubt. If we speak faith, faith is going to take over. So the angel Gabriel said, Zechariah, you will not be able to speak until your son is born, and you will name him John. So Zechariah comes out of the temple, and he can't speak. He's having to mouth and gesture, and he doesn't know sign language, right? I mean, there's, this is, he's just now figured this out. But that's how important this prophecy was, that John was going to make way for the coming of the Lord. Now, this same angel Gabriel visits Mary. So this is our quick timeline. Gabriel now goes to Mary, and this is actually about six months later, okay? And he's going to foretell that she's going to conceive by the Holy Spirit a son, and they're to name him Jesus. And Mary's response, she did have a question. She did say, how can this be as I'm a virgin? She's She is engaged to Joseph, but they're not yet married. They have not yet been completely together, and so right now she's like, how can this, I know how babies work, right? How's this going to happen? But she still has this faith, and the question was not out of sarcasm or doubt. The question was out of well, how? what do I need to do? How is this going to happen? How can I serve you still? And She responded with that faith, and in Luke 1.38, she says, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And the angel also continued to build her faith. So this is just my thought. Gabriel learned a little something here. He's like, I just went to Zechariah. Zechariah had some doubt, and now I had to keep his mouth shut. But I am now going to help Mary, because she's stepping in faith, she has a question, but I want to build her faith. So he shared with her that your relative Elizabeth is also in her old age carrying a child, carrying a son. And so that's a miracle, you guys. And so he's sharing with her, building her faith, this will occur. You can believe this. And then we're moving on to the angel visiting Joseph. We don't know the angel's name. Again, I kind of have a feeling it might have been Gabriel, but I don't know. So I'm not going to just put that out there. But another angel visits Joseph because now this is looking in um, Matthew, the book of Matthew, because we're getting another um, perspective, and this was from Joseph's perspective. You see, Joseph, when he found out that Mary was carrying a child, he thought, hold on. This does not bring honor to my name. This is not the way things are supposed to be going, obviously she's cheated on me somehow, some way, so, because we all know how babies are born, right? Babies are made, so, so what's going on? And it was he was preparing, and he was going to sleep with that decision to divorce her, legally separate, and I cannot continue to go on with Mary, but an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And confirmed Mary's story, and then continued to build Joseph's faith by reminding him of the prophecy of Isaiah. That there would be a virgin birth. And this is in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, again, understanding his purpose, understanding the prophecy of, of who Jesus is and how he came to be. So, in our storyline, we go on. Mary visits her relatives, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And in that moment that Mary's voice was heard by Elizabeth and John, who she's carrying, they were filled instantly with the Holy Spirit. Another miracle. The Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth and John in the womb. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he leapt. The Bible says he leapt inside of her, and Elizabeth began to speak over the prophecies of Mary and what Mary is carrying, who Mary is carrying inside of her. And and this is in Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. It says, oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. So no, so that's, so that's the Holy Spirit filling them. And then John is born. John the Baptist is born. Are you sticking with me? I'm going quick, but this is the timeline, okay? And so Zechariah and Elizabeth, now it's time for John to be born. And as soon as John is born, all of those that were helping care for that delivery said, Elizabeth, what is this child's name? Because Zechariah the culture was that Zachariah, the custom, Zachariah would name, the, the father names the child, and yet he can't speak, so they go to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what's this child's name? She said, it's John. They're like, how can that be? Wouldn't you want to name your only child after Zachariah? Like, this is our custom. This is what we do. She said, no, his name is John. And then they went to Zachariah, and he spoke for the first time. His name is John. So then, Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, another miracle happened. He could now speak, and now he's filled with the Holy Spirit and gives this prophecy. And this, there's some meat in this prophecy, so we're gonna read this whole one. And uh, can I have a few more minutes with you guys? Okay, all right, thank you. So, this is now in Luke chapter 1, verse 68 through 79. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Because he has visited his, peace, his people and redeemed them. So Zechariah is speaking this. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant with them, the covenant he gave to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so, get this, so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness forever. And you, my little son. So that was all prophecy about the Messiah. And now he says, and you, my little son. Now he's speaking about John will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So in the midst of all of this, we held candles this morning, Reflecting the light of God. And here the prophecy is speaking about how God is light. And God is bringing that light to the darkness all around us. And in fact, those that are even near to death. Because they're separated from God. They need to see the light. They need to understand that God has redeemed them. Redemption was another word we talked about with communion. So, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because there were some prophecies fulfilled in the sequence of events. There was a census that a ruler, an emperor ruler, had to, uh, it was Augustus, he asked all of them to go back to the place of their, their birth or their, their lineage, and so he wanted to have a census. And so there's a lot of political reasons for censuses, but I just want you to know there's, a, there's an important piece in that. So that was actually fulfilling a prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem because they had to travel back to Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary, while she was still pregnant. And because of that timing, she gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem. And so Jesus is born, and this is in Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was not room for them in the village inn. And then the angels immediately go and visit the shepherds. So this is that same night. Shepherds are out in the fields and they're saying, they're watching over their flocks and the angels came And in Luke, I'm picking it up in Luke 2, verses 10 through 14. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You'll find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Sometimes I get this picture of this angelic choir. It's not a choir, people. It's vast armies. I believe in their battle gear. I believe it's showing the full force of heaven opened up because that's what Jesus coming to earth is now making possible for us to be. And they were praising God, singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. And then, again, I'm just going to mention, there was another, eight days later in the customs, they take Jesus to Jerusalem, to the temple, to have his um, cleansing ceremony, and circumcision happens at that time, at that age. And there were two prophets that have been waiting in the temple. This is confirmation again, so I'm speaking to the details here because I want you to get how the prophecies were being fulfilled, and how the confirmations were, were occurring about Jesus being born as our Messiah. There was the prophecy of Simeon in Luke 2, 29 through 30. He says, Lord, now I can die in peace. As you promised me, I have seen the Savior you have given to all the people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. And another prophetess who's been in the temple day and night also walked over while Simeon was still speaking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God she talked about Jesus to everyone who had been waiting for the promised king to come and deliver Jerusalem and then we have king Herod who decided to you know he was the ruler there in that local province and the wise men came to king Herod So the wise men came a couple of years, like one and a half to two years later, and so they're seeking, they're seeking for this Messiah, this newborn king, and they went to King Herod because they, they were worthy of his court, okay? And the wise men visited King Herod, and they asked about the newborn king of the Jews, said they had followed his star as it rose, and they have come to worship him. They found Jesus in the house, so they, Again, I'm skipping forward. They went on, Herod said, please go find him and then come back and tell me where he is so I can worship him as well. King Herod is currently the king over the Jews. He's being told about someone who would succeed him in his line. So the wise men found Jesus in the house that they were staying in. So he's no longer in a manger, right? He's no longer in the stables. They're living there in a house. And they worshiped him and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then God came to the wise men in a dream and warned them not to go back to Herod, but to go home another way. An angel then visits Joseph in a dream to flee to Egypt because when King Herod realized the wise men hadn't come, Jesus then is at risk. Herod decides to kill all of the babies two years old or younger. In that area. So they had to flee. And Joseph obeyed him immediately. That night, he woke from the dream. That night, they left and went to Egypt. And then, again, after King Herod had died, an angel visits Joseph in a dream again. And then he says, it's okay. You can come back to Israel. And they started to head back to Israel. Joseph was still nervous. So an angel visited him a second time and said, go to Galilee. Let me be more specific. Go to Galilee and go to Nazareth. So why am I sharing all of these details about the story? I asked you guys to start out with where are you right now? Where are you in your mind and your spirit, in your heart, and your emotions? Maybe you yourself have questions like Zachariah did. Maybe you have a little bit of doubt about what God is calling you to do. Maybe you have questions like Joseph did and had to be, Encouraged in a dream. Maybe you have questions like Herod had, and you are frightened of things coming out of your control. Maybe you've been searching. Maybe you're searching like the wise men were searching, like Simeon, who was in the temple waiting, searching for the Messiah to come. Maybe like Anna who had lived in the temple day and night and was blessed to be able to see that prophecy fulfilled. They were seeking. They were searching. They were pressing in. Maybe you're ready to do whatever God asks of you like Mary did. She responded in faith, Lord, whatever your will is, I will do. Because she trusts God's going to help her through it. Like Elizabeth responded. I didn't get to that detail, but Elizabeth responded Praise God. Praise the Lord. Because I'm going to have a son. I've had a son. And she's excited about what God is doing. And maybe you've actually just heard and you believe, just like the shepherds did. The shepherds immediately left after the angels visited them, and they believed, and they found Jesus, exactly as they had said. Maybe today you're believing because you've heard this message for the very first time. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in this room, and this is the very first time you've heard about the story of Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus is very real. Wherever you are right now, I ask that question, where are you? Wherever you are, God is ready to meet you right there. Even if you're questioning, God is right there to comfort us. Did he let go of Zechariah? No. He just made sure that the prophecies could be fulfilled. Did he let go of any of those other prophets? No, God was there. He's faithful. You see, this is not just a story. This is history. This is, I put it in a timeline so you understand. This is chronological events that are true, that is real. Jesus, the son of God, came to earth as a baby, lived on this earth a perfect life. Only God, only Jesus has been able to do that. And because of that, he was chosen as the perfect lamb to die for our sins, to redeem each one of us. Hmm. Just as the prophet foretold how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the light from heaven is about to break upon us. The light is here, everyone. The light is here to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So where are you today in this miraculous story? It is continuing. It's not over. We've learned about the past, but you are currently in the present and the story is still going. Jesus is alive today and he wants to encourage us. He wants to support us. He wants to make sure that you are ready for what God is calling you to do. So maybe you're saying, but I don't have Jesus in my heart. And I want to give an opportunity for those of you that may not have that personal relationship with Jesus yet. You might say, that's great for Mary. She had an angel show up. Wow, that's amazing. You know, Jesus and God is still speaking to us today in dreams. He is still speaking to us with encounters These are testimonies. If you seek, if you ask people, what's your testimony? Have you had an encounter with God? I guarantee you, you're going to hear them. God is still alive and working today, and he cares about each one of us. He wants a relationship with you. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if it is something that you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, and you want to ask God into your heart to forgive you of your sins, to make you right with him, he's ready. He's waiting. He's right here to support you through it. The word tells us all you have to do is ask Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, to forgive us of our sins. And he does it freely. It's a gift. You don't owe him anything. But it's something that will change your life forever. So if you're in this room and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior, we're gonna, I'm gonna say a prayer and have you all repeat it. But if that's you today, I would like you to just raise your hand on the count of three so that I can see and God can see that this is your intention, that you love him and you're asking him to be the Lord of your life. One, Two, three. Hallelujah. I see those hands and I thank you, Lord. If you're watching online and you want to receive Jesus, you can repeat this prayer with us as well and you can put a comment in there and we can follow up with you. So repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son as a little baby into this world. I thank you that you sent him to redeem us. I thank you that he grew up and died on the cross for my sins. And today I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to help me be ready for what you're calling me to do. And I thank you that I'm a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.